Hello, hello, and welcome to a very special edition of Review 2, Songs of Expectations. What do you want to hear? Songs of Experience will sound like Songs of Experience. <laughs> what are your predictions? That's the breaking point. It's ridiculous that I've had to wait this long. How do you want them to play the show? I don't want Donald Trump near this album. Hi there, welcome to another edition of Review 2. You're once again here with Johnny and Tyler. Say hello, Johnny. Hello, Johnny. Oh, that's a, that's a good joke. That's fresh <laughs> material right there here on Review 2. Mm-hmm. Um, so today's episode uh, is going to be different to the usual because we don't actually have an album to review, which hasn't stopped us before. It certainly didn't stop us last week. Cobbled together, some might say. Uh, yeah, this could be. A, is, is this our most tenuous episode, or was last last week's more tenuous? I feel like the Christmas one was more tenuous, and the viewing, or rather, listening figures reflect that. Yeah. Uh, well, the viewing figures were poor because you couldn't view it. No, guess not. <laughs> yeah. So this week we're going to talk about what myself and Johnny expect about songs of experience and the coming year. With well, in regards to you too, mm-hmm. and at the moment there are. There are a lot of different news stories uh, coming out, and the band seem to be doing a huge press uh, tour. Assault? Yeah, it's, it is an assault, isn't it? Um, because they're going around and doing interviews, and there seems to be new stuff being said every every couple of days. Well, it feels like they're kind of metering it out, and um, every now and then they'll have a new thing to to you know tell us. You know, it seems like they they've got purposeful milestones as we're building up towards the tour and we'll probably talk about them a, a little bit more later on, I guess. A big one was released today to be honest. Uh yes, that's true. Uh we'll get to that. Um but first of all, Johnny, what do you expect about um songs of experience? What are you, what are you hoping for? Okay, yeah, we'll begin with our hopes like in an ideal world. So, in an ideal world, I want this to be a critical success as judged by the fans and by even by actually snooty music reviewers you're looking a bit strange at me just surprising just what i want it to be a success yes well more specifically than that if that's what you're getting at um youtube always kind of um played around with this idea of you know a double album so we look back to joshua tree Bono wanted to call it the Two Americas and put it out as a double album. And to be to be fair on Bono, there was a lot of reasons to do that, particularly great songs like Walk to the Water, lots of other ones like that. But I'm very happy that they didn't do that. And I think if you look back at the history of big double albums and triple albums, even something like London Calling would probably be stronger if you took a couple of tracks off it. So... They've always had this idea of let's make a double album. Zeropa to Act on Baby, Rattling Hum in a way to Joshua Tree, I guess. Um, so I can understand why they're taking a long time with this, and it's probably good that they didn't go with Songs of Ascent straight after No Line. Would you agree? Um, yeah, I, I have to admit that I wasn't very excited about Songs <laughs> of Ascent. Yeah. Um, I was more excited about the Rick Rubin stuff. Yeah, which maybe we'll hear at some point. Yeah, I'd I'd like to. I think that's one of the things that we'll talk about, you know, a little bit later on. Um, but what I would like, in fact, first, 
Okay, you said the, the you wanted the album to be a critical success. Yeah. What if the album is a absolute Stone Cold classic, critical uh, critical success, but you don't like it? Well, that'd be awful. Um, I don't see how that could happen, though. I mean, I guess there's some stuff that you two have done that's successful that I'm not really a fan of. So, Pride in the Name of Love. I, well, which is I, our go-to example. But I used to like Pride, and I, I understand what I used to like about it. It's it's not that I don't like the song now. It's that it's just become so familiar to me that it's kind of a wallpaper. I don't really notice it anymore. Yeah. And I just... My main point with Pride is that I, I'm sick of hearing it live. That's all. And there's a... But I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm sick of hearing I Will Follow live. I want new songs. That's did what I want to hear. Did you hear the version that Edge did recently? At the, at the, I think it was a woman's rally. Yeah, I think I think actually that was Juliette Lewis um, singing. It wasn't my favourite version, that's all I'll say. I like the cause, but obviously it, it wasn't very good. It was quite rough. But it wasn't it improvised, wasn't it? Sort of a spare of the moment thing. It wasn't the lead singer of the cause, was it? No, I thought it was Juliette Lewis. Why did you just mention the cause? I mentioned the cause. Oh, you like the cause. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> and by the way, I'm a feminist and I like the cause. <laughs> right, okay, so I'm I'm on your wavelength now. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, fair enough, and I thought that was, it was you know edge, uh, great that Edge turned up. Mm. But let's be honest. It wasn't very good, yeah, fine. That was a terrible, terrible <laughs> version of a, of a, a song we're both sick of. But the, I was reading the comments on Facebook and they were... Why? Because I, I think mainly because uh, I'm a glutton for punishment. But yeah. some people saying how, how it was better than the original version. and it's. Well, I imagine they're not U2 fans, to be honest. I was concerned, actually, for some people who had heard that and thought it was great. I, and I thought The Edge did a very good job of not looking embarrassed. And not looking like, it, you know, it seemed he really put his all into that. Yeah. And it, it seemed like... Well, he was pretending that he didn't realise it was an an atrocity, which it was. Well, maybe he got a better mix in his monitor or something like that. But yeah, I wouldn't expect much else from from the edge. You know, he's a very he seems like a very mild, polite sort of guy. So fair enough. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's get off live and go back to <laughs> songs of expectations. <laughs> um. So yeah, songs of expectations. The reason I asked to ask about whether you, even if it was a you know a big success, but you don't particularly like it, because mm. I remember when. Um, Vertigo came out and Atomic Bomb came out and you 2 were really quite, still quite big at that point. Yep, very popular. I think they were beginning to annoy people, but they were still really big and it was really good for me to ha- have my favourite band be, you know, really in the public conscious. Yeah, I'd say fair enough, they were top of the world at that point. All those adverts, a lot of uh, very, you know, well-performing singles chart-wise, yeah. Yeah, that was really great, but uh, like we discussed when we talked about how to dismantle an atomic bomb... I feel like that that album has aged quite badly. Mm. So maybe I'm thinking, although it would be great if you know you, people would stop hating on you too for a little bit. Mm. Um, maybe I'm thinking, if it's not a critical success, then maybe it's okay because, for example, songs of innocence that has only continued to get better for me. And, yeah. and and that got absolutely panned. It got panned by the way it's re- it was released, not in how it sounds. Yeah, most people ignored the actual content of the album. Yeah, so I'm I'm thinking that maybe at this point I prefer them to stay under the radar a little bit. 
And just, you know, have people you have, do the usual comments of, oh, look, you two are doing what you two do again. Hmm. Uh, aren't we sick of this by now? Yeah. And just allow me to enjoy it yeah. and, and not ruin it for me. Well, I mean, they were trying to shoot for the moon again with... <clears throat> well, they were trying to shoot for the moon again, I think, when No Line on the Horizon came out. I think that's the breaking point there with Boots, obviously. And we don't need to go on about Boots again because we've done it enough. So... I'd rather you two have focus and direction. So either they're going all out for, for that commercial success and they want to get played on the radio, or they say, do you know what? This is time for us to experiment and do something different. Obviously, I'd prefer the second, but I feel like they got split in those two directions with No Line on the Horizon. They kept bringing out contrary narratives, saying this is us just taking time to experiment and going to different places we've never been before, and then they come out with get on your boots and crazy tonight, and you think... Sorry, you thought there was a direction with no line on the horizon. There were too many directions, and that's why it didn't work. Whereas I think what they did well with Innocence is they said, look, the themes here, even though the music's a bit different and diverse in different places, the theme holds this together and we have focus. Yeah, I think that is what, regardless of whether I like it or not, as long as they stay that course of like, there's a story being told in Songs of Innocence, which has a natural conclusion or, you know, continuity mm. in Songs of Experience. So as long as they have that focus, this is what this album's about, yeah. that that view, and they're united in that, then I think it, either way, it'll be a strong album, whether I like it or not. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there are, there are things that I'd rather it be and rather sound like. But if they are united on this is the sequel to Songs of Innocence, mm. but it's not an after it's not just it's not an afterthought. It's its own album and it they've got some, you know, really good strong songs. I think I want about twelve strong finished songs yeah. on the album. Because I think Songs of Innocence, that's pretty much what you got. It's good we're back to double albums here as well, because by using this particular title and making this particular artistic statement, they've sort of painted themselves into a corner. They have to release songs of experience next. There's no, there's nothing else they can do apart from that, you know. And it has to, in some way, engage, reflect, interact with that previous album. So I would like there to be the same amount of tracks. Personally speaking, I think for the sake of balance, that would be good. And it's not that I want them to do, you know, kind of. I don't know, what's the opposite to a miracle? The tragedy of, of someone else, you know, of Joe Strummer or something like that, <laughs> and keep doing lots and in San Francisco and do lots and lots of different, you know, kind of weird shadow versions. Yeah. Uh, you know, Earthquake for Volcano, we could carry on, you know, probably shouldn't though. So, I, I but I want there to be some kind of acknowledgement in the music and in the themes that, that these fit together, you know, like yin and yang, and it and it works and it balances, and that's why I'm slightly afraid because I think critical opinion has kind of swung back a little bit now. I think Innocence is regarded as a reasonably strong album. I think people are interested, yeah, again now, and they weren't interested a few years ago. No, they were absolutely not. So I mean, you two got what they wanted in terms of the album wasn't ignored. I just I really really don't want this album to be bad. And I know that sounds like a quite a boring expectation, but I just don't want it to be bad. I don't want it to be terrible. It's kind. Of, it's kind of strange because um, they are a band that are known for the successes. The failures are actually quite few. 
when when you look at the career as a whole it's the contrast that's the thing that's why rattling hum seems like such a massive failure even though it's some it's sold so well, many when you say that that's our uh, that's our second most listened to episode that i think that album has a lot more fans than we give it credit for i think Vinny has more fans <laughs> our guest star on that episode <laughs> than we uh i i, I for. think that's a, a very still a very popular album and a, a considered to be a very successful album if you're a diehard u2 fan you can see that they went off the rails a little bit there mm. but if you're just a, the average joe um then th- i think that's regarded as a very good album and a, a critical success mm. So about the album specifically, what do you want to hear? Is there a, a particular genre that you you want to hear? Is there a tone? Is there a style? What what are your expectations about that? Just in terms of what I want, I think they went back to a kind of a classic sound in places on Songs of Innocence. There's there's parts where Edge sounds incredibly you know edgy he's using you know the jangly delayed guitar and everything like that and incredibly fresh yep yep I, yeah I, I mean that as a positive thing you know i don't mean it, it sounds tired but it's a it's i mean we said a lot about that album in terms of how good it sounds just in terms of its production let alone the songs that are behind that production so i think given that they've done that kind of classic sound a little bit there i would like experience to reflect more of an acton baby pop kind of direction I I mean, those are some of the most interesting places musically that they went to. That said, I don't want this to be part disco and then part something else. Yeah. I want, I want it to sound like an album. Yeah, I think I agree. I don't see this going the pop way. As much as I'd like you two to bring out a dance record, as I've discussed many, many times yep. on this uh, podcast... I, I don't see this happening with songs of experience. I'm not saying it won't happen. There there are signs that they you know they're dabbling in that kind of thing. That the, the fact that they've been recording with certain producers, yeah, uh, and the song that hasn't had a proper release yet, that the the the, the, uh, the Kygo DJ thing. Kygo yeah. collaboration, that gives me a lot of hope that they're doing something that I find particularly interesting and enjoyable. But but. Realistically, I don't expect Songs of Experience to be a, a full-blown disco album. What I do want is a kind of house style, not not house style as in the t- uh, you know the the genre. Yeah, yeah, I know. What you but mean. just a Songs of Experience needs to sound like Songs of Experience, and it it needs to lead on from Songs of Innocence. Yeah, fine. I hope I'm making sense with that. Yeah, no, I was just laughing because it reminded me of Brexit means Brexit. Um, <laughs> songs of Experience will sound like Songs of Experience. <laughs> I can assure you of that. Um, I'd like a, maybe a more acoustic album, but mm. maybe that's another album that I'd just like to hear. See, I really don't want that. I actually don't want an acoustic guitar anywhere near this album. I want, I want this to be like another edge getting in the studio and saying, okay, what fun can I have? And just throwing everything at it, you know what I mean. I I want this to be my my favorite bits of U2's career are when it seems like they've got very solid songwriting, and then over that, that's like the canvas, and it's really solid. And then Edge just paints something incredible over the top of it. You know, I'm not I'm probably giving too much credence to Edge here, like and being unfair to his contribution. You know, saying that he over he does more than everyone else, but he does almost as much as Adam. Hmm. Um. Okay, fine. Um, so, 
something like The Fly is a very strong song, okay? But then Edge doing such interesting stuff over that core song. Same thing pretty much throughout all of, of Acton Baby. So that's what I want. I want to hear new textures. I want to hear him doing something different that I've not heard before because they've got license now. I think they're in the black, they're not in the red, if you know what I mean. They've, they've got license to go crazy and not in the I'll go crazy tonight kind of way. No, I, I think... I think there's a lot of interest. I think the you know the cards are stacked in their favour at the moment. Um, I just don't know if I agree with putting the album off. No, that has been really really annoying. If if they you know they I I know they want to do the Joshua Tree thing first. That's fine, but why can't you bring the album out? Test out one or two songs on the tour. You know you just need to play one or two songs on on the show, mm. and then. When the Joshua Tree tour is finished, the album's there. People know it, you know, and you've got a lot of excitement for the eventual Songs of Experience tour or I plus E Part Two, whatever they're going to call it. If you ask me which tour did I want in this year, I wanted the Experience tour. Yeah, I didn't want Joshua Tree, and we'll get to that later on. Um, but I think that's just because you two are so big now that everything they do has to be such an event that you can't have, you know, the Experience Tour and Joshua Tree Tour at the same time. It has to be the, clear all the schedules. We're doing Joshua Tree. Clear everything. Get uh, out the studio. I think that's why I like you two. Hmm. Um, because I think my music tastes have kind of moved on beyond you two. But for some reason, I always find myself coming back to you two. And I think it is... Purely the fact that whatever you two do, it's always so much bigger than anything else that's going on. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's because they've got a huge amount of money behind them. But it just always seems like an event. And I don't know if there are any other artists out there were... Maybe Daft Punk is the only, the only kind of act I mm. can think of that whenever an album comes out or they're announcing a tour, it feels like this big moment. Yeah, and it feels like this. You know, you have to go and listen to the album. You have to go and you know watch the tour. So, I think that's why I keep coming back to them, and it is interesting. And you know, maybe I would have preferred the Songs of Experience tour, hmm. but I still bought a ticket for the Joshua Tree tour. So yeah, of course, they must be doing something right. They're still keeping my interest. Yeah, fair enough. I think it was just a bit annoying because. I felt they were gaining some momentum with Innocence. I felt that they spent so long making No Line on the Horizon and the result at the end of the day was, in my opinion, half a good album and half a terrible album. And I think yours is probably slightly even lower than that in terms of your expectations or your view of that album. It's my least favourite U2 album. Right, there you go. So I thought time isn't equal in quality. Innocence, they seem to be building up some actual steam here and then maybe... Two years and we'll get we'll we'll get a new album and that didn't seem unreasonable. I know I'm, it's stupid to put any faith in what Bono says regarding release dates, but in the liner notes to Innocence, they're saying you know the next album will be on the way soon. And he says, oh, I know we've said that before, but this is a long time now. And I think what's given me hope is that they've never stopped talking about it. There's always seems it seems to be something going on about it, mm. which gives me a lot of faith. So. And, you know, we are going to talk about the Joshua Tree Tour. The, announcing the, the 30th anniversary tour, I feel like that's a distraction. 
Yeah, well, and yeah. a distraction of no small amount. It's it's massive. It's going to take up a lot of time. It is going to change the album, one way or another. Yeah. So, yeah. I like the way they're commemorating it in some kind of way, but I just feel that it could have been a section of the inner of the experience tour. They could have, you know, tipped their hat to it, the Stetson, if you will, and it could have been a really interesting middle bit of that of that, you know, looking back, the experience, 30 years on, and now let's play some new songs, you know what I mean? But I guess we should probably talk a little bit more about um, some of the, we can maybe dip into a little bit of the quotations around around experience. Okay. um, Just before we get onto the Joshua Tree tour. Um, So, I mean, this is an interesting one I got from, um, I've got from Bono. Um, It's not about, it's not relating necessarily to experience, but I think it's a good, an interesting one to talk about. So this is Bono. If we're in the studio trying to build the rocket, Edge is under the hood with his slide rule. I'm trying to become fuel. Larry is pointing out the reasons it will never fly. And Adam's asking, do we really want to go there? They're always reasonable and usually correct. And I hate them for it. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a really good way of summing up the different roles in the band. Um, so from that quote, I do hope that Bono is becoming you know, fuel and he still is vital and interested in this album and not being the kind of not being the tired Bono that we kind of saw all the way through No Line in the Horizon. And I hope Edge is not only, you know, using his slide rule and twiddling around with stuff, but getting excited about this this album. And that Adam and Larry are fully on board. I think they are. Like I because th- it's it is something that they've all there's never been an interview where they haven't talked about songs of experience, never shied away from questions about that. Mm. Um, so I think this is something that they, they do just want to get it right. Yeah. And this is still a relatively quick time. Is it? I think it is, yeah. When did it come out? 2014? Songs of Innocence? I mean, for them, it's a relatively quick time. Yeah, but... And I don't want them to rush it. I, mean, I don't want anyone to think that... It's been two and a half years. That's that is a very small amount of time. It's These an... days, we could expect to wait at least another three years before an album. Yeah, fine. Um, but it seemed it's annoying because they seem to be building up momentum, and again, things have seemed to have derailed that. Now, I might come back to completely eat my words on this, but the elephant in the room, the kind of weird orange elephant in the room, is Donald Trump as well, because all around this album release they kept talking about the fact that the world has changed a lot. And there's obviously various different things as well that feed into this. Brexit, you know, the rise of ISIS, that kind of thing. These things have been acknowledged by the band. What seems to be feeding into the narrative that the world has changed so much that this album is actually somehow got to reflect that and be different. And I like you two to be politically engaged, but I also don't want them to seem... I don't want this to just seem... You know the Playboy match, you know, it's got all those particularities. Yeah. It's like, you know, OJ and stuff like that. Works for that because that album is very specifically about disposability and pop and things like that. This album does not seem like it's going to go in that direction at all, as Innocence didn't. So I don't want there to be like lots of kind of bad contemporary references. I don't want Donald Trump near this album, basically. Like, I don't want his effect to be on it in a way that looking at lines where Bono is, t- you know, sort of referencing it or something like that then we're going to get into really cringeworthy territory i think the awkward thing is that usually when you two get involved in political issues and you know have an opinion 
they're normally on the side that wins. Yeah. You two have nailed the colours this time, you know, to the anti-Trump flag. Yeah. And he still became president. <laughs> despite uh, that desire performance. Yeah, despite uh, the edge on, you know, play, playing desire to his, the best of his ability. Um, I meant more the, uh, the the Vegas... Um, yeah, the Vegas one. remix. But yeah, I know what you mean. Well, and the, and the live version that they did as well, where the yeah, where they've got the um, I think it's called the Hollywood remix, isn't it? Hollywood, yeah. yeah. But I think they played that live at Vegas, and it was, and Bono did that whole spiel, you know, kind of anti-Trump thing that was um, during Bullet the Blue Sky as well. And I I thought they were good versions, um, good versions to do live, but I don't want that to affect the album, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's just I just find this kind of awkward now that you know he's the president. <laughs> And everyone feels like that. And no, and and but the for um, in terms of the band, they have you know gone against the president of America. Surely that's not a good idea. Although everybody seems to be doing that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I know SNL are, are relentless with the good uh, Trump parodies. And I guess we should say as an aside now, any listeners who are Trump supporters. We don't mean to have a go at you or anything like that. Obviously, have whatever political views you like, but I'm guessing, as you two fans, you're probably over the more liberal side of the spectrum rather than, you know, the, the more uh, misogynist kind of, you know. I'm not going to start. I'm not going to start going on and about all the things that Trump is. I do not like him. He's a WWE Hall of Famer. <laughs> That's, uh, and I'm a big WWE fan. Hmm. <laughs> well, I think his best work has been. Within a wrestling ring, to be honest, that's where I would like him to remain, not in the White House. <laughs> right. So stupid back... Trump getting into everything. He like ruins every podcast that I listen to. Like he's just everywhere. That that's uh, that's what he does. Um, right. So, are there any songs that you'd like to see on Songs of Experience? Yes, Mercy. And okay. we talked about this um, last week. I still want to see a good version of Mercy, provided it doesn't stick out like a sore thumb, because I know it's an old song. And, I mean, something... You can't take an, a song and just dump it in a in an album without changing it, without updating it. But I just think it's such a strong song to have in your arsenal and not use. Yeah, particularly for a live show. Mm. Um, that's... Yeah, it needs it needs a proper release just so people can know it and they can play it and it can be you know the success that it, that it can be. But I do think it needs re-recording. I think it oh, needs certainly. finishing the, yeah. the two versions that are available. The live version is very good. Mm. It is very good, but that either needs to be re-recorded in the studio or the, the studio version that is available. Yeah, uh, on YouTube at least, then that would certainly need re-recording. It, the, it just there just seems something missing. There's something mm. not quite right about it. But they've ha- they would have had years now to work on that. Yeah. So hopefully that will show up. But that for me is a want more than an expectation. I don't think it will turn up on the because I was waiting for it on Innocence, and it it's not on there. But you two seem to be very good at putting out songs in some kind of way. And I know Mercy was leaked, which might actually you know have been the thing that scuppered it really as a song for an album track um but i wanted invisible to be on innocence and it wasn't there and i kind of expected it to be there you're smiling because you think it is on there which it isn't 
I uh, I also want mercy on the. Um, yep. So I think that I would be very happy if that turned up. Maybe it'd be called something else. Maybe they they would give it a completely different name. Yeah. Um, but I I just. I, yeah, I'd like to hear that live. I was I've been listening to it a lot more since we re- we reviewed it, mm-hmm. and I I want to hear that song live, and, and finished as well. Yeah. Um, now I know there's a there's lots and lots of lists out there of potential U two songs that could be um going on the album, and I don't know why. As interested as I am in U two, I tend to think I'm tend to think I'd just rather hear what they put on the album. So I suppose someone who's a bit more dedicated than me would go through all of these songs, you know, be tracing where they turned up, where they popped up in like small live versions, looking at all the lyrics, but I'm, you know. At, at this point, a list of songs that you think will be on a U2 record is, is just as useful as a shopping list. Like, it mm. doesn't tell you anything about the record, it's just mm. it's just songs that have been mentioned. And now here's Baked Beans <laughs> from our new album. Yeah, I see what you mean there. So I think that's what me and myself and Johnny expect. Um, I, I think we do have high hopes for songs of experience, mm. uh, and, and more than anything, we do just want to hear it, and we we want to hear it as soon as possible. But that we are, you know, pretty big U two fans, so that that's not unexpected news. But I think now we need to move on to other things that are happening this year, uh, and mainly, uh, mainly that would be the Joshua Tree. Okay, so the Joshua Tree 30th Anniversary Tour, which is going around in selected cities worldwide. Myself and Johnny uh, have tickets for the Twickenham gig. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're going to the Twickenham gig, give us a shout out. Um, I, th- I'm, I want us to be wearing Review 2 t-shirts. <laughs> um, all right, well, you have to make them then. That's fine. I'll get them printed. Uh, I wonder if anybody else would wear a... A review two T-shirt of the U2 gig. Are you trying to? I mean, we've not talked about this, by the way, listeners. No, but are no, you trying I, to sneak in some merchandising for the the podcast? I I think I might be. Yeah, I don't I'm think just, it's worth making ten T-shirts. I'm just thinking out loud now. But if someone is going to that Twickenham gig, if you're interested, I'll send you a free review two T-shirt if you promise to wear it at the gig. <laughs> what an offer! And think, wait, is this is this T-shirt presumably going to have our faces on it? Then no, this T-shirt will have the logo on it. And I'll put a Joshua Tree logo on uh, the 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 Joshua Tree logo. Okay, you on. might run into some kind of uh, legal problems there. Well, I'll design it. I'll design a T-shirt, and and if people are interested, mm. then I'll get them printed. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. Any uh, any review two fans? See you at the Twickenham show. Hopefully, it'll be a good one. So. Some new news about the Joshua Tree tour. Um, apparently, according to an interview in Mojo magazine, the band are going to be re-releasing Red Hill Mining Town, which Bono will be recording his vocals for. Mm-hmm. And there's also, uh, in in the mix, there's always been uh, the Colliery Brass Band, which isn't on the original version. I was going to say, I can't remember. But they recorded it. that at the time. Yeah. And apparently that is now going to be in it. Sure. I find this really interesting because Red Hill Mining Town is a song about unemployment. Mm-hmm. And at the time, Bono, when he first recorded the song, said it so when he, when he was listening uh, listening back to it, it sounded like he had pound notes stuffed in his pocket. It sounded like a rich man singing a you know song about unemployment, and he didn't like that. 
So mm-hmm. they they re-recorded it and changed it around, and it was a certain effect on his voice that you know gave it that feel. Okay, sure. And this is maybe why they don't play it live so much. Possibly, mm. but Bono now is a much richer man than he was thirty years ago, and it just I, I I don't know if there's a certain disconnect then between who Bono was then and who Bono is now. Or, you know, mm. would he still feel like this? I suppose we'll find out when we hear the new version. Yeah. But I don't know if it's going to be as good as the old version. I love the old version and have no, you know, zero things wrong with it, to be honest. Bono's and... voice is really strong on the original. Exactly. And, I mean, it's just a fact. When you get to Bono's age, your voice changes. And I, Bono sounds great on the most recent album, but he, I don't see how he's going to get the power unless it's just going to be studio trickery or a lot of takes or something like that so i think i think what really concerns me about this is that it's only his part that's been re-recorded oh really yeah i can't imagine edge won't be like just turn that treble up a little bit and oh that's just you know move that bass down a I, little bit i have and... no doubt they'll be remastering yeah but the actual the actual stuff, track yeah. is is the same yeah does that concern you um well, I mean, to be honest, when they've done it in the past, like with um, Sweetest Thing or Wave of Sorrow, it's worked really well. Um, so that gives me hope. I like the sentiment of the song being released now because it was released during a time of, you know, unemployment, a very right-wing government in the US and in the, Ameri- and in the UK. So we're back to those times, to be fair. It seems to make sense. Um, so it does speak to the times. But yeah, there is that possibly slightly hypocritical kind of tone that's going to be present or something you can't really ignore that, as you say, Bono is even more richer than he was then. That contradiction will be there and people do not get sick of pointing it out in U2. I think that's good. You know, it's just going to be something that the anti-U2 press, it's just, it's, it's too easy. Mm. It's too easy to, you know, shoot them down for that. Yeah, and that's my issue. Although I, I am very glad that this song will be getting more airtime, uh, and I will be interested to hear an updated version. And it was originally going to be the single, wasn't it? Off, um, off, off Joshua Tree, and then they 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 changed it around and said, "No, let's do um, with or without you." So that's well, kind of. I was cool. thinking about this when I was, you know, listening to the record. It actually, to me, it sounds like the Joshua Tree. That's what the Joshua Tree sounds like to me. If I think about what the Joshua Tree sounds like, I think about Red Hill Mining Town. Yeah. Not that it's my favourite song, but so, yeah. I think that song sums up the feeling of the Joshua Tree really well. Yeah, we kind of said in a few episodes, you know, this might not be the best song on an album, but it's sort of the heart of the album. It really sums it up. Yeah, so yeah. the one your mind snaps to straight away. So when I think of pop, personally, I always think of Mofo. Acton Baby, I always think of The Fly. Are they my favourites? Not necessarily, but I always think of them. Yeah, or so, they can't leave behind you think of Wild Honey. Mm, no, I do not. <laughs> so, um, on the Joshua Tree tour, which we'll be going to see, we'll be standing up. Yeah, good, as we should be. Yeah, And I'll get a lovely view. I won't. <laughs> You've got my shoulders. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> um, what do you, how do you want them to play the show? Mm. I uh, There's been an image online recently uh, which Adam seems to have taken a picture where it's, the set list is barely visible yeah. and people have worked out what, what it all says. And it, on that set list, it was the whole album and then one Mysterious Ways and even better than the real thing to finish. Yeah. I Well, first first question, I guess, should be do we want the whole album to be played in one go? 
at some point during the show. I'm in I'm in two minds about this. Interesting, because I am 100% behind the idea of I want to hear the whole record. If you're going to call the tour that, personally speaking, I don't listen to albums as much as I should do in one sitting. I don't the time, really. Um, so I think that would be good to hear. And the Joshua Tree is an album that's cohesive, it's consistent, it's really good. I want to hear it end to end. Why are you in two minds about it? The re- the reason I don't want them to do it is because I think listening, sat, being sat at home and listening to a record uh, and going to a gig and listening to music, it, the two very distinctly different events. Fair enough. And with a record, you can, you know, just get into it and let it, you know, take you along. When you, when you're live, there's a lot of different factors. Um, there's a relationship between the band and the audience, particularly in a in a, a show like you two put on. Yeah. So you've got to kind of go create momentum, and then you know you got to go have the the up and down, dark and shade. Yeah. Wait, um, light and shade. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know under I don't know if by playing the whole album is it going to filter out because that's a it's a it's very it's got very good songs at the start of the album and i'm wondering if by the time we get to exit as excited as i am to see that live if i'm going to be i'll be i'll be happy to see them live but i don't know if i'm going to be as happy to hear them as say a with without you right at the start of the show that's weird mm. yeah i guess it has become more closer um <clears throat> and so that's one of two minds although i think it will be interesting to see I don't know how much I'd actually enjoy it. Well, one of the things I think this depends on is the crowd. So I see what you're saying about there being a lot of front-loading on the Joshua Tree because there's so many hit singles at the start of it and well-known songs. So someone like Bullet the Blue Sky, which even that's not it's not a single, but it's still so well-known. So while I would like to see the whole of the album, and if people went who were really interested fans who knew the album as well as um, as your average kind of you know hardcore U2 fan... There will be a lot of people there who will not know that material. Therefore, it could be an issue when we do get to, as you're saying, you know, that kind of period around exit or so, because they'll be saying, oh, I don't really get this song. Should I get a beer? Do you want to get a beer? You know, and they'll be annoying uh, us by talking all over it, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a concern. And I've seen a lot of, I mean, obviously there's been loads, lots and lots of people talking about, you know, what set list they would do what set list they wouldn't do, some of the interesting discussions there on, on forums about this. Um, and I've seen a lot of good um, set lists that doesn't have the, the album played, you know, in its entirety. Um, or rather, it is played in its entirety, but it's weaved in and out of other stuff. I'm, you see, I'm a fan of them playing the, playing the show as they would have played it 30 years ago. So don't play any songs past Joshua Tree. Maybe there was a couple of songs from Rattle and Hot that they would have played. Hmm. Maybe. But I, th- I think I'd like to see an 80s show. Yeah, I doubt that's going to happen. No, I don't think it'll happen, but that's what, what, what you want. What I would well, maybe, like, we yeah. should, maybe what we should do is talk a little bit about, as we did with, with experience, we should say, this is what we want, this is what we expect. So let's stick on wants for now, okay? Um, so you would like more of an 80s-based one. Yeah. With highlights from Boy and October and stuff like that thrown in and War. Yeah, uh, I don't really want anything past 
rattling home. Mm, I think they can stop at the Joshua Tree personally, to be honest. Unless they play Heartland. Yeah, you know, it's, it's rarities like that. Use it as an, you've got an older audience for this gig, presumably. Yeah. Um, a more diehard fan base. Why not showcase some of your more unknown songs? Because the audience you're going to have there are going to... They're gonna know those songs, and it's. A, I think it's a. It'll be a wasted opportunity if they just play the album and then have one mysterious ways and even better than the real thing. And p- to be honest, that's odd. That's a, that's a bizarre set list. Yeah. Um. I mean, it depends if they sort of weave things in that connect it with stagecraft and stuff like that. Um. I was thinking in terms of what I want on that level. I'd quite like them to go backwards in time. So you've sort of gone forwards from mm. the 80s. I would actually like them to do stuff from Songs of Experience, which I, I, if it's released, it, I guess it won't be, will it? Nah. All right, fine. Stuff off <laughs> Innocence, then go back through the albums, chronologically speaking, and say they throw everything at it, and it looks pretty similar to, to Innocence, and then they're taking away as they go back and back and back, and then you arrive at the Joshua Tree, and they do the whole album. Yeah, That would be cool, I think. Um, but I I doubt they'll do that. Someone um, pointed out, I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was, and maybe a few people have made this point, actually, that when we're, we're expecting or wanting rarities, you know, to kind of balance out the fact that we have seen a lot of the Joshua Tree songs um, before a lot of times, someone said that the rarity itself is seeing the whole album, so we can't expect any other real deep cuts it's going to be the Joshua Tree, that's the rarity, and then everything around it's going to be Vertigo, Beautiful Day, Pride, all that kind of stuff. Which, my heart kind of sinks a little bit, and I'm sure I'll love it, I always do. You know, I, I really enjoyed it but yeah. last time, but I still just... I, I, Something inside me will be like, eh, if I hear those, you know, do, 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 you know, Pride, once again. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'd rather not have that. Yeah, I think we're kind of in agreement though. We want a, we want similar things anyway. I want three sunrises followed by Love Comes Tumbling. Love Comes Tumbling. Heartland. Heartland. Um, what else do I want? want... Everlasting Love. No, I <laughs> don't want that. And then a segue into Alex descends uh, for into hell, <laughs> and then uh, endless deep with Adam on lead vocals. Bang, you're out. Success. Five star <laughs> review. Should we, uh, should we say what we what we expect then now? Well, I I I think I expect that at least them to start playing the album, and I I think they they may do it say five songs, then have a you know a little interval of hmm. something, maybe a one, maybe you know just another crowd pleaser from a, a different era, maybe a Vertigo, yeah, and then go into you know the the second half of the album. I can see them. Splitting it up that way, the difficulty. So you there, get the album in mm. in order, yeah, but have a few songs interspersed. Yeah, and I suppose you could have. I mean, you could even have you know them begin with the first few and then end with the end ones, and sort yeah. of you have bits in you know the middle is the sort of um, you know the different stuff that's in the middle of that kind of Joshua Tree sandwich. Yeah. Um, the difficulty I suppose with that is that the you you might need the momentum of the first few songs because as we said they're more popular. Because then, when you start things up again, hmm, where would you put the break? Though would it? Would you break at? Um, would you break just before Red Hill? And if so, is that possibly why they've released this as a single? Uh, wait, they're not. You know, why they're re-recording this? 
it's possible. It gives um, just just makes that the back half of that album a little bit more well known, a little mm-hmm. bit more fleshed out. So I can see that being the logic behind it. And it's worth probably saying that this news has broken today, you know, the whole um, Red Hill stuff. And by the time this comes out in a few weeks, there may well be more, you know, nuggets of information that they've released. Um, So we'll know things are, you know, being updated all the time. So it's an exciting time, I guess, at least to be a U2 fan. In terms of the stage set, what are you hoping for? Well, as I said, I think... I would like them to go full out and then strip it back down to... No, the set, the stage, the set. Yeah, I want them to go full out with with the set in a similar way that they did with Innocence, you know, like kind of a big, you know, video wall, that kind of thing. Right. All, you know, kind of uh, bells and whistles, that kind of stuff. Okay. But then slowly, as you're going back, you realize, oh, wait, that's gone, that's gone, that's gone. And then you get stripped back just to, you know, the way that they used to play on the Joshua Tree tour. Yeah. Just like that. I want the Joshua. I, I want the big red screen at the back yep. when they walk out for streets, and they are, they do like to have an arm or something coming out into the audience so they can be amongst the audience. Yeah, I would like to have a Joshua tree coming out. That's gonna be very difficult to it, uh, it engineer. It could be, but I think I think that you know that would be a good way to do it. Or the um. What right? This is going to make me sound like an absolute idiot. But what is the the trunk of the tree? That's right, isn't it? Yeah, the, it's a tree trunk. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I couldn't think of that word. Right. Right. So you have the trunk coming out into the audience, mm. and then the stage that they're on is like a Joshua tree, and then you've got the big red screen behind them. Okay, I like the the idea behind that, but a Joshua tree is a very like needly, you know, it, it goes into little fine points. So. How? Okay, so, so so the the top bit, the branches, is just printed onto the stage. Then there you go, <laughs> sorted. Okay, it's just Willie Williams is not needed for this tour. Well, because you're going to mastermind this. Yeah. I just think it'll look like a collection of sort of melted spoons, like on you know from above, which doesn't really conjure up the sort of epic kind of grandeur of the album. Your mind is weird. Sure is. And what would you like them to wear? Stetsons. Do you want them to basically cosplay what they wore on the original tour? Um, no, that would be weird. Although I do like the idea that maybe they'll come back out as uh, the Daltons again and support themselves. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, has there been a support announced? Oh, yeah, there yeah, has. We've yeah. got uh, Noel Gallagher and his yeah. uh, high FNBs, so that'll be interesting. Um, so, in all, in all honesty, I do not want them to be cosplaying as themselves. It will look weird, and it only makes that fact that this is 30 years more apparent you know what about slightly updated clothing so similar mm. style dress but 2017 version so a 2017 cowboy pretty much I, the thing is the look was very much they you know it's very much stuck in that era and i mean i've already sent the edge some old pajamas he can wear well if they're oversized, then I'm sure he'd love to wear them because he just wore massive clothing in there, you know, and huge coats and stuff like that. Um, do, do you want them to do that then? So, I mean, you want them to be modern cowboys. There is part of me that wants them to do that. There's part of me that wants them to dress as uh, dress exactly the way they did then. Mm. Um, I'm not sure Bonner will look quite as good as he did in those days, to be honest. I think that's what, I, what I'd like about it. Just... The ridiculousness about it. I'd like a nod to it. I mean, as I said, it'd be kind of cool if they came out and 
you know, the band are on stage, then Bono comes out wearing like just a, a yeah a cowboy hat of some sort, and then he chucks it into the audience. But then he'll have to redo his hair. So you know, I don't know. Maybe it won't. Maybe it won't go well. <laughs> so there you go. The, you, they, uh, you have our expectations for the tour, including what we'd like the band to wear. Um, <laughs> okay, so just to clarify our expectations about songs of experience. Johnny, what are your predictions? Yeah, so these are basically just our predictions, which when it comes out, we can tick off we were either right or we were wrong. Okay, so first prediction, there will be 11 songs on this album because then it kind of balances out the other album. Okay, prediction number two, this will be an Edge guitar album. And I'm very happy to be wrong with any of these, by the way. It's just I want to be able to tick them off when the album comes out. So Edge will feature really strongly. Next one, there will be some kind of conscious reference back to Songs of Innocence. So maybe there will be in the songs or in the music some kind of hearkening back to that other album to tie them nicely together. Okay. Next prediction, release date. I think the album will come out in October. Because as you know, Tyler's theory about October, holds. maybe that will hold true. What do you think, Tyler, of this year? Okay, so my expectations are 12 songs. Okay. I also expect the album to be at least announced at the iTunes uh, big event that they have every September. Okay, makes sense. Uh, I don't know if it's the AGM or what they have, but that the big iTunes festival or whatever, that I expect them to release it in conjunction with iTunes. Makes sense, yeah. Okay. Uh, I expect that the singles from this album will be very remix heavy. Hmm, interesting. Okay, cool. Maybe not remixed tracks themselves, but the the singles will be, you know, remixed. Like crazy, for example. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so they're my they're my predictions for the album. Um, I had one more, which is, will this be given away for free and popped into everyone's iPhones again? I can hope so. I hope they do it just to say screw you to everyone yeah, who did it before. I'd like I'd like them to. Yeah. Uh okay, so there are predictions. I suppose we'll find out exactly how many of those come true over the next year. Now we're going to talk about anything else we want to see this year. Songs of experience. I want to see that. And I'm going to kick this off. Okay. I want my pop 20th anniversary vinyl. <laughs> I want it. It's ridiculous that I've had to wait this long when they started re-releasing these these albums 10 years ago, these re-releases. Why have we not got pop? And while you're at it, bring out Zuropa because it deserves much, much more than just to be a bonus disc on the ricks of Actung Baby. Yep. I It's the 20th anniversary of pop in March, and I, quite frankly... Don't care about the 30th anniversary of the Joshua Tree. <laughs> I want my 20th anniversary remaster of Pop, please. And I want Tyler to buy that remaster, the most expensive version possible, so I can have a look at it and play with I it. I have a save one so I can buy it. Well, I think that's just going to increase in value because I don't think you're going to see that this year <laughs> or any year. I don't think they like Pop. I think they've gone, do you know what? That's all the albums we really care about. I, I, I really want it. They, they have to do it. They can't just stop. They can. They can do what they want. And they can go back and do the Joshua Tree and put off their new album. Oh, that's just going to really annoy me. But that's that's what I want this year. That's that's the one thing I want. And so far, there's been nothing said about it. Yeah, because it's not going to happen. They don't have time. They don't care. 
the Joshua Tree is going to take this over, you know, so tough luck. Well, there you go. Uh, we've come to the end of another edition of Review 2. Uh, we'd like to know what your predictions for the tour, the album, uh, and beyond will be. So let us know whatever you think is going to happen in 2017 for Review 2. Whatever they are, I think it's going to be a very, very interesting year for the band and a very interesting year to be a fan. I think I said to you a couple of weeks ago that it's 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 an it's a good time to be a U2 fan. I'm I'm actually excited about what yeah. what they're going to do. And we might have sounded yet again a little bit negative and a bit down on the band and the choices they're making. Obviously, we love all the stuff that they're doing. Apparently, just... we come across as hating the band. Well, tough luck. Um, I think we love them in equal measure. Yeah, exactly. You 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 know, love and hate are the on you know the same coin, different sides, all that kind of stuff. Um, what are your predictions? I know Tyler's already said that before, but I also want to say. What do you think the album art's going to be like? I'm sorry I didn't talk about that before, but um, what do you think the album's going to look like? Will we have Larry's son hugging Larry this time with a bird chest? Or will we have something totally different? Will it be that um, the picture you talked about with the four of them divided up, you know, and their heads being sort of made of scaffolding and things like that? I've since realised that is a fan-made image. Oh, okay. Um, so I don't think that... I, I'm sure I saw that on the website at one point. Wasn't it on a poster? On those lithographs you got? No. Oh, okay, whatever then. Um, so, yeah, there we go. It's the end of season three. Kind of. Uh, the the final episode of season three will be the Songs of Experience album review. Yes, that's true, actually. But you two haven't kept the date, so we can't review it. Um, if they'd, have, I think, if they'd have released it on time, we would have been able to review it by now. But that's what you two do. So the final episode of season three will be released whenever that album comes out. Yeah, 2020. And I think there'll probably be another season of Review 2 finished by that point. Mm. So, um, yeah, for now, we're going to have a little break, uh, but when we come back, we will be reviewing the live shows uh, going all the way through from 1980 to 2017. So uh, we hope you look forward to that. Follow us on Facebook and SoundCloud. And for now, thank you very much, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. If you'd like to get in touch, please contact us on facebook.com forward slash review2u or on soundcloud.com forward slash review2 or search for the Review 2 podcast on iTunes. You can also email us at review2contact at gmail.com. Please like, comment and subscribe. Thank you.